Hey there, and welcome to the Jimmy's Table podcast at jimmystable.com. I'm your host, Jimmy Humphrey. I'm curiously evangelical, politically homeless, and a dreamer of small things. On this podcast, I'm having conversations about the intersection of faith, life, and culture. So if you have honest questions, aren't afraid to have difficult conversations, and want to have a little fun along the way, then pull up a chair. This podcast is for you. Hey everybody, so today is episode 118. It's going to be kind of different. And it's going to be kind of different because, you know, for those of you who follow the jimmystable.com podcast, you've probably noticed something. I haven't broadcast a new episode in almost two months. And some of you, thankfully, have reached out and said, hey, we, we noticed something's up. What's, what's going on? And, and I thank you for reaching out. And, you know, I've, I've told some of you who who listen to this podcast regularly a little bit, what's going on in my life, um, and what has kept me from recording for the past two months. Um, today's not going to be an easy episode. It's not going to be lighthearted, <laughs> just to forewarn you. Um, but I'm going to try to be a little discreet, but at the same time, I want to share my heart, um, share something that's happened in my life. Um, so none of the fun stuff today, but you know, for those of you who, who love me and care for me and want to hear from me and have enjoyed this show. I, I thought I'd, you know, do this episode just to explain my absence um, and to, you know, just give you a little glimpse of what's going on behind the curtain in my life. I've always tried to be very open with my audience, very transparent for the most part. Um, you know, if I, if I err on anything in my life, it's definitely I err on the side of oversharing. And I'm going to share some things today for sure. Um, but even with that said, because this doesn't just involve me, it involves uh, somebody else, I am, I'm going to be discreet. And those who know about it, the situation in full, they know. I've talked with in the, the past two months, countless friends, family, loved ones, people at church, pastors, uh, and now even a counselor that I'm seeing. Um, you know, more fully about my situation, but uh, here basically goes. So about two months ago, um, my wife and I, who have been married for seven and a half, going on eight years, we've separated. That's not been easy on me, not gonna lie. It's been hard, very hard. Hardest thing I've ever had to deal with in my life. And it's kind of especially hard on this this podcast to do this because for those of you who've listened to the podcast for any length of time and heard certain episodes, you've heard my wife come on this podcast a couple of times. We, we even did a podcast or two together about our marriage and what a great marriage it was and you know how God had blessed the broken road that led us to each other and... You know, the the love that we had for one another and um, all that stuff. And those are still great podcast episodes to listen to. I highly encourage you to listen to them. If you have opportunity, I'll try to link to them at the show notes. But, uh, you know, so if you go to jimmystable.com and, and find the show notes for episode 118, you'll you'll see some links for sure. I'll, I'll try to listen to, uh, to link to a couple. But... Um, It's, it's been hard to say the least. This is, 
getting separated from my wife and going through divorce. It's, it's not been easy. It's been very hard because I love my wife. Still love her. <laughs> Still love her and I care for her. But what I thought was a happy marriage, what I thought was a joyous marriage. And indeed, I believe if you were to ask her, and I'm not going to speak for her, but I think for the most part, she would agree that a lot of it was. But there are some underlying issues and some things that have popped up in the we never had a perfect marriage, don't get me wrong. No, nobody's marriage is perfect. Some, some people thought, though, <laughs> we had the perfect marriage to, to look at my Facebook, you know, pictures I'd share, things that we were doing. You know, a lot of people were surprised when I announced online that I was uh, getting a divorce. In fact, some people even messaged me and said, Jimmy, is this some sort of stunt for your podcast? If so, it's not funny. You shouldn't do this as some sort of stunt for your podcast. And I'm just like... No, this is, this is not a stunt. My podcast isn't that interesting <laughs> for me to, to engage in some sort of theatrics like that. Um, but uh, thought I had a wonderful, happy marriage. And I'm not going to claim to speak on behalf of my wife. And I'm going to be as discreet as possible about it. Because I do realize that I have a a platform with this podcast that uh, she does not have access to and it would not be right of me to air the dirty laundry and, and to go into all the reasons behind um, our divorce that that would that wouldn't be right on my behalf um, but that doesn't mean I'm not gonna talk about at least where I am in the process and how I'm dealing with the situation um, and just to be raw and honest and share my emotions and feelings and to share something of my journey because I feel as part of my podcast, that's something I have kind of regularly done in my life, um, with this, with this podcast. And, you know, I thank you for all of you who do listen, you know, it's not a big audience. I usually have about, I don't know, 20 or 30 regular people who download and, you know, some of my podcast episodes have got several hundred downloads at the biggest. So, woo. <laughs> um, including the, the one episode that Megan and I did about uh, our marriage a number of years ago, uh, early on in this podcast journey that I've been on. Um, but I will say that uh, it's been hard. I never thought, I never thought I would get divorced. I thought I was immune to that possibility in my life. And so to being getting separated and divorced, um, you know, is not something I ever thought would happen in my life. Um, I love my wife with all my heart. I wasn't a perfect man, but I gave it my best. And, you know, I thought God was so involved in our love and our relationship and our marriage. It all just meant, felt meant to be, if I can borrow, uh, you know, a phrase from Ray Romano or uh, from uh, Everybody Loves Raymond, uh, when Robert talked about his wives, <laughs> his girlfriends and his love interest. Um, and it felt like that. My wife was my best friend. I loved her dearly. And it's been so hard to go through this. It's been so hard to go through this and 
I hate it because it feels like part of me has died. And I want to reach out to to her to to grieve. But I know I can't do that. And that's the hardest thing to do because that's my natural instinct to to reach out to the to this woman that I love for these eight years that we were together. And to know that she can no longer be who I could go to com- for comfort during hard times. That I have to look somewhere else. And that's that's led me to, to look to a lot of places. Um, and I've been trying to do that in a very healthy and, and constructive way. The temptation to self-destruct has been strong. You know, it's often said in situations like this, the best way to get over somebody is to get under somebody. And I'm not going to lie, Christian guy that I am, <laughs> Christian guy that I am, loves the Lord, involved in church and all that sort of stuff. I'm not going to lie, the temptation to go find some sort of conquest at a bar to alleviate my pain has been a real one. But I'm not going to do that because that's not me. That's not who I am. That's not what I am at my heart. Let's... God has better things for me than that. And that would just be me running into the arms of somebody else for some fling, for some rebound. That would just be self-destructive behavior. It'd be sinful behavior. <laughs> Although understandable considering the circumstances, I definitely get how people end up there. I, I empathize with that. Um, but I've realized in this that I can't turn to her in my grief. That would just, that also would not be good. Um, but I've realized that I have family and friends to turn to and, and it's been tremendous on their part. Um, I, I never actually realized, I, I didn't think I really had that many friends, to tell you the truth. Um, but through this process, I really realized that there were a lot more people that loved me than I ever dreamed. And it's been so beautiful to experience that. It's been so ex- beautiful to experience that because... In the midst of my grief, in the midst of all that I've been going through, in the midst of my loss, that, you know, friendships that even some that had withered over the years and I thought were dead, you know, have suddenly been rekindled. And and people who, you know, always admired me from afar have, you know, found the need to reach out. And I've heard from people I haven't heard from in years. And it's it's been beautiful when when I when I moved a couple weeks ago into my new townhouse. Um, You know, 14 or 15 people showed up to help me move. And that was, that was so beautiful. It's, because I know in this life there's hardships and I know what it's like to suffer hardships as I've talked about in prior podcasts. My mid-twenties really sucked. (laughs) 
I went through a really hard time in my mid-20s. I had a broken engagement. Worked 60 hours a week. Had two dead-end jobs that were going nowhere. I was, I was lucky to be broke. I was piled up in debt. Went bankrupt. I was alone. And I didn't have many people to lean on. But through the, and it, and on top of it, in those times, it felt like God was afar from me. And like I was suffered and I suffered alone. But this time has not been that. Since separating, such an outflow of love from people who've reached out and been with me through it all has almost been overwhelming. The number of people who showed that they loved me and cared for me has, has been unreal. And instead of God feeling distant through it all, God has felt closer than I've ever felt in my entire life. You know, the Bible talks about the joy of the Lord being our strength and and, you know, we have a happy, clappy song about it. The joy of the Lord will be my strength. He will not falter. He will not fail. You know, and, and I've realized that that song should not be so happy, clappy. That song should not be so upbeat and, and positive as it is. Because I've found through this that not only have there been people that have come beside me to bear my burdens and to sit with me in my grief and to sit with me in my anger and to talk to me and to counsel me and to lift me up and to encourage me and to help me along. But I've had the Lord right there by my side as well. And far from God feeling distant from me and wondering, God, where are you in the midst of my suffering? Where are you in the midst of my Feeling abandoned. Where have you been, Lord? Instead of having that feeling, I felt such unspeakable joy and full of glory. I felt God wrap himself around me like a warm blanket like you wouldn't believe. Instead of saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I found him to be an ever-present companion and a help in time of need. I know what it's like to be at the bottom of the well and to feel the darkness enclose you and to suffer, to suffer alone. But this time is not that. This time in my grief, in my anger, in my rage, my feeling of abandonment, my God has not left me. He has not forsaken me. He has stood by me in this trial. He has stood by me through the fire. It's been such a wonderful source of grace and strength and joy. Joy like I've never imagined, even in the midst of grief. And like, how is this possible? How is this possible to experience such joy in the pit of despair? To know when I've hit rock bottom and have nothing left. To know what it is like to anguish in my soul. To know what it is like to wail and to drink my tears. And to feast on my grief. To know what it is to lose countless hours of sleep and to not be able to concentrate. How, how is this possible? To know such waves of 
grief and turmoil. How, how can I go through this? How can I experience this? And my mind keeps being drawn back to the prophet Isaiah and Isaiah, what he had to say in Isaiah chapter 53 about Jesus. It says about Jesus in Isaiah 53, he was a despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hid their face, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed and stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the chastising of our well-being fell upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. And that verse has been such a source of comfort to me to know that our Lord Jesus Christ, Messiah, is ultimately a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And, and you know, that's something that maybe be lost on us as Christians, especially in an age of the superficial in which Jesus is plugged as this health help guru source of happiness and well-being and, you know, this fake Joel Osteen bullcrap where it's all just smiles and laughs and giggles and, and every wealth and prosperity and all that crap. But no, that wasn't Jesus. And, and don't get me wrong. Jesus was a man of, and is a man of immense joy and peace, goodness and happiness. I believe that. But the Bible says he's a man of sorrows. A man acquainted with grief. He, surely our griefs, he himself bore. And our sorrows, he carried. And I'm so thankful in times like this that I don't have some happy, clappy Messiah, somebody who's just a cheap pick-me-up. But I have somebody in Lord who knows what it's like, who knows what it's like to be a man of sorrows, to bear my grief. And I know that through this, through this process, through the separation, through this divorce, a thing I did not choose to have happen to me. That I can find comfort in the one who has borne my grief, who has carried my sorrow. And to know that ultimately by his stripes, I'm healed. And that I can look to him for wholeness and well-being, for joy. And that grief, he will help carry me through. And it's, it's been a hard grief. And I, and I sit there and think, why do I have to bear this grief? This is so terrible. And, you know, I'm, ten, I'm sitting there thinking of, of what is grief and, and what I've been experiencing. And, you know, 
little pop culture reference, but if you watched WandaVision on Disney Plus, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, what is grief but love persevering? And I definitely feel that. I definitely feel that. I definitely know they tapped into something in that show and that TV series on Disney Plus, WandaVision. And I, I know that it's what I'm experiencing right now because I know that in spite of everything I've been through the last couple months, of suddenly finding out my wife was no longer happy with our marriage and that she wanted out and that in the, the past two months, not only have we separated, but we've divided up all of our assets. We've already listed our house for sale. Our house is already under contract. I've moved, starting a new life. And the grief has been overwhelming. The anger has been overwhelming. The sadness and sorrow have been overwhelming. First time ever in my adult life, I had an emotional breakdown. First time ever in my adult life, I had to cry in the arms of my parents as, as I moved my final belongings out of what was supposed to be my forever home. I punched the walls in anger. The injustice of the feeling of the situation and knowing how all my hopes and dreams and what I thought was a sure thing had come crashing suddenly and violently down upon me. Glad I didn't punch a hole through the wall because then it would have just been something else I had to repair for our house, which has been sold. <laughs> Thought I was going to break my hand. I punched the walls so hard. Cried so hard in the arms of my father. And, and my grief endures because my love endures. And why do we grieve except for the fact that we love and that our love has been disappointed? And we live in a world where things aren't as they're supposed to be. God never designed us for grief. He never designed us for grief. He sent Adam and Eve into paradise. Sin and destruction and injustice entered the world. Through that. And now we get to experience a world in which there's a million and one reasons to grieve. Of course, divorce. Loss of loved ones. Sickness. Poverty. Injustice. And all sorts of things. The world is not as it ought to be. But that's why we need one like Jesus. Because in this world, Jesus said, you'll have trial and tribulation. You'll have dark times and you'll have sorrow. You'll experience things that you don't feel that you can endure. But that's why we have Jesus. That's why we have Jesus. A man of sorrows acquainted with grief. Surely our griefs he himself bore because he knew we could not 
bear them alone. And that he was bearing them for us on the cross so that he could create a world one day in which truth and justice and righteousness and love and joy will abound in fullness and where sighing and sorrow will flee. The Bible says he'll wipe away the tears from all our eyes. <laughs> That's ultimately a hope that I cling to with every fiber of my being right now. It's something that I look forward to immensely. I looked at my last home that I lived in, that I worked for hard and built with my wife, the one that we were going to fill with children one day. And all of that didn't happen. And I know that we have no forever home except for the home that the Lord is ultimately building for us in eternity. And that through it all, as much as we can hope for good things in this life, and the Lord delights in satisfying our heart with good things in this life, and all the beauty that we can enjoy in this life on this side of eternity. Don't get me wrong. It's not all bad. It can all be so, so good. And I believe God has a beautiful life for each and every single one of us that, that we can enjoy. Even in the here and now. But it's still in this world. We will have trial. We will have tribulation. We will have things that crush our heart. And ultimately in these times, we need to know, as the book of Hebrews talks about in the Bible, that we have such a high priest. You know, a man who understands what it is like to go through what we go through. And that man's ultimately Jesus. So everybody, that's my podcast today. So much more I could share that I won't. And uh, I don't know what the coming weeks are going to look like for the podcast at jimmystable.com. I trust that there'll be some good things, some joyful things, wonderful things, things I want to talk about that's happening in the world. But, you know, there's probably going to be some, some heavy stuff as I work through what I'm working through in my life right now. And I just want to Use this platform to be real. I don't, I don't want to paint a fake picture. I don't have time for fake pictures. I want what's real. I want what's true. I want what's good and I want what is beautiful. And, and I hope to bring those, those good and beautiful things to you yet again. But sometimes life deals you unexpected things. Things that you have no ability to foresee coming. And I will say, for the most part, I didn't see this coming. And it came as a shock to just about everybody I know. 
everybody I thought I, everybody I know thought I had a great marriage. I thought I did too. But you know what? That's okay. I've been upended with this. And my life has been flipped, turned upside down. I'm shocked at everything that has transpired. Overwhelmed by it. Definitely seeking out counseling and therapy. Um, but you know, above it all, I'm glad I have one who I can turn to in this, who is ultimately going to get me through it and through it all. And that is the Lord. I've been so thankful for that. So thankful for that. So everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, jimmystable.com, jimmystable.com podcast. I'm having conversations about the intersection of faith, life, and culture. This has definitely been an intersection, a lot of faith and a lot of life today. Episode 118. Um, if you haven't subscribed yet, feel free to do so. And if you want to reach out to me, feel free to do so. Email me, jimmy at jimmystable.com. You can also reach out to me on Facebook. You can also reach out to me on Twitter. Um, I'm available, and I'm a pretty open book. If there's any details about anything you'd like to know, you know, I'm gonna use discretion. Like I said, those who need to know about what's going on in my life and why things went down, they know. And I don't want to abuse my platform to to share something that, you know. Um, Somebody else doesn't have a platform too, so I'm not going to make, you know, we're not going to use this as a platform to make accusations or anything like that. Um, two sides to every story, of course. But uh, I thought I'd share at least uh, not my side of the story so much as just where I am in this process. Because I think it's, you know, maybe you're going through something like that as well. Maybe not divorce per se, maybe... Something else tragic has happened in your life. Um, I hope maybe this podcast can be a source of inspiration and uh, maybe even joy to you. A tool to help you go through whatever you may be going through. Um, it's definitely a form of therapy for me. <laughs> definitely a form of therapy for me in some sense. Um but again, everybody, Jimmy Humphrey, jimmystable.com. Take care, everybody. God bless, and have a good one. That's all I have to say about that. That's the right on, man. You said it all. <laughs>